0: A reading from the epistle of blessed Paul the Apostle to the Ephesians. Brethren, keep careful watch over your conduct. Do not act like fools, but like wise men. Make the most of every opportunity. For these are evil days. Therefore do not be thoughtless, but know how to discern the will of the Lord. Do not get drunk on wine, for that leads to debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, expressing yourselves in songs, hymns, and inspired songs, singing and praising the Lord with all your hearts. Give thanks to God, the Father, always, for everything in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Defer to one another out of reverence for Christ. Please stand for the Gospel. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you. At that time there was a Capernaum, a royal official whose son was ill. When he heard that Jesus had come back from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and begged him to come down and restore the health of his son who was near death. Jesus replied, Unless you people can see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the royal official pleaded with him, come down before my little boy dies. Jesus told him, return home. Your son is going to live. The man put his trust in the word Jesus had spoken to him, has started for home. And when he was already On his way back, his servants met him with the message that his boy was going to live. When he asked them at what time he had shown improvement, they told him. The fever left him yesterday afternoon about one. Now if it was at that very hour, the father realized that Jesus told him, Your son is going to live. And he believed. And his whole household along with him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord, in Jesus Christ. Yesterday was a glorious occasion for our, our our parish here. Uh, We had a wedding, Father Blaise Berg, your previous pastor was here, he celebrated the Mass. Uh, We had a a wedding in the extraordinary form. It was beautiful. It's, uh, you know, Dominic DiCarlo, our our choir master here, he led a a beautiful choir. And all the servers were here as well, and it was uh, glorious. If you've ever been, uh, it's like a misa cantata, but of course a a wedding, a wedding rite, it's right before it. But it was glorious as, as they were singing the beautiful hymns. As, of course, as a bride processed in, as involved you know, we into weddings, and every other tension is on, is on the bride. But it was a beautiful occasion, especially when we celebrated the Mass in the beautiful, extraordinary form. We've been at the same time, now that we're here on Sunday, with the Mass, of course, it's not a music cantata, but rather, it's, the, it's the, the simple Mass, a low Mass. But in both forms. The power of prayer is obvious, isn't it? Of course, yesterday with the beautiful wedding, with the full-on choir singing all of the Mass parts, there's a fullness there. But then now in the low Mass, notice what happens as well. Notice what the silence of the low Mass provides. Every... Saints will tell you, even the modern saints, silence in the Christian life is paramount. Why? Why is silence so key? Because, especially for us modern people, this is a fundamental task we must face. Because, as modern people, we do not like silence, we do not like it. Because we grow up in a culture which is constantly... We're we're, we're bombarded and we're stimulated incessantly. And so whenever we go and we keep the silence, it requires almost a detoxing period to even just to calm down our our monkey minds, the bouncing everywhere. In the beauty of silence of the low mass, there's an honesty of our heart that begins rise in silence, there's purity. What do I mean by that? You know, as Christians, we're constantly told, pray. Pray, pray, pray. See, Paul himself will say in one of his letters, pray unceasingly. But what is prayer? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What is prayer? Because we we constantly talk about prayer all the time. And it it presupposes that we all know what prayer is. But what is prayer at its heart? Because there's many different versions of prayer. And the most common one, of course, is if, if something's going on in our lives, what do we do? Oh, we throw up a prayer. Lord, my back hurts. Heal it. Lord, I have trouble paying bills today. Provide money so I can pay my my rent. This is happening. This is happening. Lord, help. And that's a common form of prayer. Absolutely. We all do that. We make our prayers known to our Father. But what is prayer at its core? Saint Therese provides a beautiful definition. Saint Therese, of course, the little flower in that seminal work of hers, of her autobiography, The Story of a Soul. She says this, For me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. I love this definition of prayer. Again, prayer for me is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned towards heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. Therese gets to the heart of what prayer is. Surge of the heart. In Hebrew, the idea, whenever we hear that word heart, it's "leb," and it, and it has a deeper connotation than in English. Because in English, when we think of the heart, we think of mere emotions. But rather, in the biblical sense of the word heart, it, it is the deepest core of who we are. It, it is the core, of, it's the deepest place within every single human being where only God has, has the vantage point on. It is the deepest core of the human person. So whenever Scripture speaks of heart, again, it's the depth of who we are. The surge of the heart. That is prayer. But what's the big deal of prayer? To truly penetrate these depths of what prayer is, we must first, again, return to the basics. This, by the way, this homily is... Catholicism 101 is basic. We all know one of the beauties of our Catholic faith is that we proclaim that God is a trinity. It answers that age-old question, what is God? If you ask yourself that question, what is he? Again, it's a simple question. But unless we first penetrate the mysteries of this basic definition, we will never appreciate why prayer is important. So we proclaim the full revelation of Jesus Christ. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God, the famous formula. Three persons, but one. The Father loves the Son. The Son, our Lord, loves the Father. And the love between Father and Son, it is the Holy Spirit. It's a great mystery, which is why we fought wars over the definition of the Trinity. And it's a great mystery. Or another way of putting it, God is a communion of love. So therefore, if God is a communion of love, all of a sudden, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 has profound meaning. In Genesis 1, verse 27, it says that you and I are created in God's image and likeness. If you and I, therefore, now, are created in God's image and likeness, and God is a trinity, a communion of love, then now, stamped within my very self, my heart and your heart, is a desire for love. Love is the deepest core of what it means to be a human being. This is absolutely critical because what does our world say to us? The world says, you're not made for love. You're made for yourself. You're made for more money, power, honor, and pleasure. The four classical substitutes that St. Thomas Aquinas would go on to say are the immediate things when we reject God, we fill that void with. But as we know, fellow sinners, what happens when, my, when, when I fill my heart, the deepest core of who I am, with the counterfeits of money, power, honor, pleasure? My heart is still thirsting. But then if you know Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, and creating the image of the Trinity, ah, it makes complete sense now then. My heart is created for love. And this is where prayer comes in in Saint Therese. Prayer. Surge of the heart created in the image of the Trinity. That is a simple look torn towards heaven. Why? that's where God is, my home. It is a cry of recognition, ah, my Father, and of love, embracing both trial and joy, which means there's utter purity in the Christian heart that prays and knows its identity, which is why in the beautiful readings today, St. Paul writing to the Ephesians, says this. Do not get drunk online. He's speaking of, don't, don't, don't live like everybody else who have no idea why they're created. Don't live like them. Rather, be filled with the Holy Spirit, expressing yourselves in psalms, hymns, and inspired song, singing and praising with the Lord with all of your hearts. You see that there. He's saying, embrace your, your identity. And why our Lord in the gospel today looks at this official, the Capernaum, and answers his prayers. Because look at this official. His son is dying. And every parent in here, you know the heart of this, this official. You love your children more than anything else on earth, I, I, I dare say. And so you know the broken heart of this father. And so he goes to Jesus. In the surge of his heart, he says, Lord, heal my boy. You hear his prayer. Heal him. And Jesus would say, your son is going to live. Imagine hearing that as a parent. His heart lifted up with joy and sorrow. Prayer, my brothers and sisters, is brutal honesty. With God. However, you pray, pray with the rosary. I hope you do every day. Join the battle. Pick up your rosaries. Pray the rosary. You pray with sacred scripture. You pray alone in your car when you're stuck in traffic. You pray alone in your room when you go to mass. Whatever form of prayer you're doing. Make sure it's with all of your heart. And then we're praying like the saints.